When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. My gosh, is a week gone by again? Another week passed like that. Hey, hi, welcome to the show. This is a show about your dough. Um, we're we're gonna focus on money for the next two hours on Como Radio in Seattle. Even though it's 9-11, we are going to focus on your money because this is important. This is your future that we talk about, and we want you to live the best possible future. And to do that, you do need help. You do. Please face facts. You need help because most of you do this so badly. Some of you do it well, but a lot of you don't do it well. So call us at 855-935-TALK, T-A-L-K-8255, 855-935-8255. You can call that number right now. We've got lines open because we want you to stop doing some of the things you're doing. And and we don't want to be party poopers. We love the fact that the stock market has been rising for like ever, except for a few pauses when you guys thought it was going to plunge and you were wrong. Someday it will do that to you and it'll stay down for a while. Problem is we just don't know when. However, you got to avoid the other, Tom, and that is getting way too confident in, well, let's face it, abilities that you really don't have anyway. You just think well, you do. Well, we all think we do. Yeah, we're over. And by the way, uh, the reason we raise this is $16 billion flowing into U.S. stocks, both the individual stocks and exchange-traded funds in July, $13 billion in August, very high by historical standards. And as you just pointed out, Don, one expert saying, sooner or later, the financial markets will need to price in Various scenarios as we transition from early to mid recovery cycle. So here's the thing. Okay, now wait. Yeah. Before you get into, you know, I hate it when people say that I, early to mid recovery cycle. Laughing. Like they're predict. <laughs> like you again, they're making it appear that you can predict the cyclical nature of it. We know that stocks go up, and we know that sometimes they go down. Period. Go ahead. But but the thing is, we also know that many of you feel that you can pick stocks. See it every day, right? I'll own XYZ Corporation instead of mm-hmm. another corporation. Uh, you have a tendency to believe that your trading is going to work out to make more than the market. Again, the track record is that you cannot. And here's the third part. The new work that shows that the people that do this for a living, the people that have hundreds of millions of dollars that they trade every day that have all the research, all the back, they got everybody to do the work. They cannot beat or have not beat the market. Well, actually, the research shows that some of them have beaten the market, but these are people who live, eat, and breathe 
picking individual stocks and playing the market. But but that's before the costs. Yeah, you got to figure that That's before their trading costs and their fees, the fees and commissions and things. After that, it the 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 evidence is overwhelming that when you factor in expenses and fees, that it is not just unlikely, but nearly impossible to predictably and consistently do better than the market itself does. And I know a lot of you rely on, it's not evidence, folks. It's its called anecdotes. Oh, a friend of mine, he put his money into stock and did really well. Yeah, okay. And a friend of mine once won a bunch of money in the lottery. Does that mean I should be investing in lottery tickets? It doesn't follow. It's a false equivalency. You're fooling yourself. And if you've made money recently in stocks, well, so's everybody else. Doesn't make you smart. Just means you're average at best. So we'll talk a little bit on the program about what you should do instead. But one of the things you should do when it comes to all of this money in general is another topic around all this, Don, that I see is people have trouble being honest with themselves. They're, they're nostalgic about their stock purchases. And nostalgia <laughs> is a, a, a happy look back, right? At the good times. Yeah. Back when, bad times. back when I got double-digit interest rates on my savings account, those exactly. were the good old days. Yeah. You know? And so you have a tendency to forget the, you know, picking, you know, like Washington Mutual or Enron or some of the other stocks that have not done well. Or and we'll talk about another category here in a few minutes that is that was making everyone rich very easily. And was. then it turned and went the other Direction. Yeah, that's so a whole we'll talk past about those tense things. thing. Yeah, exactly. Didn't work out the way people had expected. Yeah, it's like it's like way. the the uh, waxing nostalgic for high interest rates. People forget that you would go to you'd go to the store, and from one day to the next, something could be up ten percent. You know, we had rampant inflation, so your money wasn't worth much. It was worth less all the time. But we forget that. We just remember those high rates. Eight five five nine three five. Talk. Give us a call. Set your course for a great future with a free copy of our 60-page Better Retirement Guidebook at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Real money. Well, hi, it's us again. I'm Don. That's Tom. What do we do? We talk real money with you at 855-935-8255. Give us a call. Okay? It's free. It's pretty easy. And uh, we're going we're, we're gonna to try and tell you the truth. As opposed generally to generally friendly, even generally truly sometimes we, yeah, have to except tell when you're Tom's wrong. when Tom's grumpy. I feel good today. I'm not, this is he's no, not grumpy I, today. No, I'm no, not grumpy today. No, not maybe because I get to go on a trip tomorrow. I'm happy about that. Be, get out of town. He'll be grumpy late Sunday, early yeah, Monday. No, 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 late Monday, late Monday. Late, it's when's a Monday the game? night game. Oh, it's a Monday, Monday night, night game. Night. Oh, yeah, so, it'll be yeah. very, very late. I'll yeah, be don't sleeping. Don't call me, don't call me early Tuesday. You'll find out how grumpy I can be. He's going to the Raider game. Who are they playing? Does it matter? Come on. (laughs) No, I guess it doesn't. Good point. (laughs) I don't know why I asked. 855-935-TALK is our phone number, 855-935-8255. And Jan, it's your time. Welcome to the show. Turn your radio down, please, Jan. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, our pleasure. Um, I I just have a a quick question. Um, 
I am 60 years old, and I've done okay saving, but I'm confused about Roth IRAs. Okay. I have not got one. I I do have a Roth through my 401k, but I think that's different than a Roth IRA. Similar, but yeah, okay. And I understand the five-year rule and everything, but now I'm wondering... um, I wish I had done this a long time ago. Is it too late for me to do a Roth IRA now? So you have a little Roth envy going right now? Is that the deal? I want my it's Roth. Okay. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. She's got a Roth. Uh, She's just got a Roth 401k. Yeah. Okay. I have Let me couple. Okay, yes. Yeah, got it. Okay. So how many more years are you going to work? Okay. And have you sat down to do any sort of look at your financial life post-employment? Like how you're going to pay yeah. yourself? Okay. Yeah. So because here's the advantage of the, that maybe for the next three or four years, you switch from doing your pre-tax money in your 401k to your post-tax Roth. I, I, the Roth IRA and the Roth uh, – 401k, not a lot of difference there. Mm-hmm. Really, there's no reason to the look at The big difference separately. is that with a Roth IRA, you have total control over what yeah. you invest it's in. You can go anywhere. Yeah. Which might be some okay. advantage if your plan doesn't have certain things in it that we do see, like emerging markets or small cap value. There may be some reason to do that, but then you're getting in the weeds quite a ways. Here's the way I'd look at it. I would simply say, if you can afford to, from a tax standpoint today, to switch the pre-tax regular 401k to the post-tax Roth IRA, or 401k, pardon me. And then when you get to retirement, you have a little basket of post-tax money. You could draw a little bit on that. You could draw a little bit on the pre-tax. It gives you some balance tax-wise after you quit. And here's the, you, cause you said you had, you have a plan for income in retirement. Does that plan for income immediately in retirement involve using any of your 401k money? right out of the gate no there you go so then you might be a good candidate for a roth conversion or well or or you you just switch to the roth 401k do you have extra money that you can afford to invest every year for retirement yes yes how much do you make a year are you married or single married how much do you make a year between the two of you roughly uh two hundred thousand oh well then, two hundred and eight is the cap. Yeah, you're so going to be right. Be... You're going to be right at the cusp of being able to do a Roth IRA. You may but not you be able do to do a Roth, Roth IRA. You can do a Roth four hundred one k no matter what, and your husband could do the same thing if he has a retirement plan as well. Again, the reason I like it, Jan, is it just gives you a few more options in retirement as to where to draw the money from to be the most tax efficient possible. Yeah, I think I think I have having a question for you, Dan. Yeah, sure. Um, the the plan the four hundred one k plan I have does allow for a Roth conversion rollover uh-huh. conversion or Roth conversion whatever it's called. It, um, you, she can con, she can. Should I do that? Should, should I take some of my post tax money that I have sitting in that account and roll it into the Roth? It. She can do a Roth Wait. conversion in the plan and in plan. Uh, that would be very unusual. But um, I've seen. Not. I think. I think I've seen a couple. It, it, Okay, but here's the reason you might not want to do that now, because remember, any money you move from the regular, what I'm going to call 401k to the Roth, that just adds up as income. So the reason, so at the reason I was 
saying if you quit in three or four years, then your income goes down, your income tax rate is low, then you then can you do can the conversion convert, yeah. at a lower rate. So I wouldn't generally do that, especially at 200000 I don't know, what is it, 20% tax rate or whatever. It'd be kind of expensive. Oh, it'd be more expensive than 20 probably at that rate. So, yeah, I, I like the idea of converting to a Roth now because that, again, gives you that flexibility and that long-term tax-free growth because you don't need that money. It can just roll. It can just hang out, earn money tax-free for almost ever. Um, and then later on, once you're in retirement, you're, you figure out what your tax situation is. Maybe then you might do a, uh, a Roth conversion, and it may be that you don't want to. It just really depends on what your tax situation is then. But for now, I think doing a Roth and funding that with your new contributions for the next few years makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Thank you. So the the real question was, is there much difference between the 401k Roth and a Roth IRA? No. And the answer is no. No. The answer is no. The only problem is you may not be able to fund a Roth IRA because you make too much. There's income limits. The government only allows you. The cap is $208,000 household. That's why I was saying you would not be allowed to, to contribute to a Roth IRA, you still could contribute to the Roth 401k. Thank you so much, Jan. We appreciate you being there. And David, you're next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, Tom and Don. This is David. Uh, just started listening to your show, and I've been burning through the old podcast, and I thought I'd ask you a live question today if I sure. could. Absolutely. Um, you probably know... Uh, I would suspect uh, Vanguard has a white paper they put out in February of this, of this year, the case for private equity at Vanguard for accredited investors. Um, I was wondering on, on your perspective in private equity investments for accredited investors in general. I, don't, I mean, I have all my assets at Vanguard, but I wouldn't be interested in being a, uh, you know, one of their uh, guinea pigs. <laughs> I'm not interested in getting their advice for that, but, but private equity in general. For they, I, they recommend uh, 30% to diversify your, your retirement savings. Wait, okay, I'd be surprised if they recommended 30%. Wow. That sounds very high. Uh, wow. I'd love to see yeah, the paper, yeah. which you can Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So on. they built like a third large, a third small, and oh, a third yeah. private equity yeah. or something? Yeah, I'm reading, the um, white, I'm reading the white paper right now. It's from Fran. Oh, it Frank, is. Okay, Frank we'll come back and, yeah, we'll come let, back let and me, talk about that, David. Hang let me on look this over during the break. I'm looking at, at this thing, and and, and i got to tell you, this ain't John Bogle's Vanguard anymore. Absolutely <laughs> not. really he's, not. He's doing some rolling right now and not uh, in the right direction. He's flipping. He's like doing backflips. 855-935-TALK, our number. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Hey, welcome back to our little get-together about money. I'm Don. That's Tom. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. We're talking to David uh, about a Vanguard white paper that I just pulled up. I had never read it until just now, and I haven't read the whole thing, because who who could read an entire white paper in one minute? But I am a good skimmer. Uh, this was published by Fran Canary in, in yeah, February 2021. Yeah, he's a, mm-hmm. he's a CFA. Um, yep. And and it's it's a... It's sort of a backhanded 
endorsement of private equity. Let's go back and say what private equity is first. It's pretty much any stock that is not any business that is not traded on an exchange. Correct. So you can own 13,000 publicly traded companies globally, right? All over, there's all these that are trading every day. They're totally liquid. Mm -hmm. The idea behind private equity, the reason you invest in that is you're, you're getting in early on Tesla or Apple or Mike, you're, you're on the inside now. These are the super. Oh, you mean almost like a SPAC? Yeah, we'll get into that. How did that all work out in a minute? But here's the thing. So again, my question to David or to anybody or to Fran would be, why? Mm-hmm. Why do you need this in your portfolio? Is your portfolio not performing well enough? Is there something wrong? Um, I don't think the long-term track, and we can argue with Fran about this, the long-term total track record for private equity. Remember, you only hear about the deals that turn out well because those are exciting, right? The guys who got in or women who got in early on any of those. The ones that don't turn out so well, hmm, they don't get as much publicity. And this is from the paper itself. Uh, a few of the, the major, and these are major drawbacks. Private equity is horribly illiquid. You can buy a stock on Monday and sell it on Tuesday, and you know you can probably sell it if it's a publicly most traded the, stock. Most of the time there is a market you for most You cannot buy correct. private equity on Monday and know you can sell it even a year from now. You can't. And the fees, the fees, for heaven's sake, you can buy the Vanguard Total World Stock ETF for eight-tenths of a percent a year? No, eight-one-hundredths. V as in victory, T as in tango, yeah. Eight-one-hundredths of one percent per year. This is a direct quote from the Vanguard paper. Um, The the fees can be as high as one to three percent of invested capital annually. And just like a hedge fund, 20 to 30% of the profits. Because the people that are doing the deals, they got a better deal than you do because they're doing the deals. You're just an investor in this illiquid investment that you have to hope goes to the moon somehow. By the way, this is... I mean, in other words, they're guaranteeing themselves a return, not you. Exactly. (laughs) They're they're collecting collecting money on this. I I think people have... This is no different than... FOMO for whatever other. I mean, people feel like I'm missing out on something here that's really big, and I got to get a piece of that. And most of the time when people do that, it does not turn out well. I won't say I guarantee that in this case, but you can go back and look. It's easy to find. You can go back and look at large institutions that have put a considerable amount of money into private equity and see how that's turned out. For long periods of time, and it has not been, I don't believe, appreciably better than just owning a globally diversified portfolio of publicly traded stocks, Don. Yeah, and and again, here, this is from the paper itself. It says, gross excess returns for private equity managers have to be greater than 6% per year for investors to come out ahead relative to public equities. It's, it's, It's expensive. It's illiquid. It's complicated. It's for very, and and the only place where it might make any sense, and I don't even think it does there, is for people who are worth 
hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. So you got to you can take a flyer. Here's a couple hundred yeah. grand. If it works out, I got a million right. bucks. Great. If it doesn't, oh, well, then yeah, I know I'm talking I'm talking hundred million and up. People. Yeah. OK. Right. Real like Bill real Gates money. Kind of money. <laughs> real investing money. <laughs> in hotels or whatever he's doing now. So, no, I don't think this is a good idea, David. I, and I would not be using it. And again, what Don said at the beginning of all this. I have no idea why Vanguard has decided to take this approach, not whatsoever. I think they're pandering. I think they're giving people what they want. If you want it, we're going to find a way to give it to you, even if it's not good for you. John Bogle would have said, it's not good for you. You can't have it. They're saying, sure, you want it? We'll give it to you. 855-935-TALK. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Hey, hi. Welcome back to our little thing called a show <laughs> a show about your dough we call it talking real money i'm don mcdonald tom cox over there and you're out there Hello. listening and we hope you call us at 855-935-TALK 855-935-8255 private equity trying to pick the hot stocks these are things we we, we seem to have an obsession with trying to find something special because we're special and we deserve special investments. We deserve to get into things on the ground floor. And there are a lot of people out there willing to take advantage of that flaw in our personalities. And a lot of those came out of the woodwork recently. And the last time they did was a, a, a year that will live in infamy, 2008. The last time people came out of the woodwork and started selling you blank check investments as they were called, blank check funds. They're now yeah. called SPACs, Special Purpose Acquisition Corporations. The Company. last time they sold these were in a big way was back in 2008. You know what happened after that? Well, they were doing it over the past couple of years. These things became hot again. Because, again, I think, as you said, people thought they were missing out on something. And then how's that worked out? Well, a group of 137 SPACs that closed mergers by mid-February, well, they've lost 25% of their combined value. That's about $75 billion. And by the way, at one point, the pullback was about $100 billion. Uh, the offerings have gone down. The interest has died out. And again, I don't know where all this ends up, but I don't think it ends up well. And again, as we said at the time, not we're not here to say we told you so. Yes, we are. We're here to I, say yes. We told you so. <laughs> we're here to say why do you need this? You do not need. You don't have to. In it, just take the returns of a global market and make your eight, nine, ten percent if you want to be mostly in equities. Okay, that's what it's done in the past. That's maybe what it'll do in the future. This is a silly idea. It's it's really a, a a solution in search of a problem, if you ask me. Absolutely. And thing. what fascinates me is that these have performed horribly in what has been an incredibly strong market for small companies anyway. These are small companies, but yes, they are existing small companies. They've done quite well this year, so this is aberrant, and it points out the high level of risk in a lot of these kinds of things. And a lot of people thought, well, where's my risk? You see it right now, 25% decline, that's big. And, I mean, how soon do you get your money back? I mean, that's another right. thing out of all these. I mean, there's no guarantee even 25, 50, 75. So, uh, 
my take is when people bring these to me or we had a product that was given to us yesterday, an insurance product that really makes no sense for investing is why. Why do you need this? Why do you need private equity? Why do you need SPACs? You can get the returns of the stock and bond markets. That should provide enough growth for you to put you in a good position if you're willing to save to do that. Well, the answer to the why is because I want to do better than everybody else. I don't want to just do as well as everybody else. I am special. I'm above average. I'm above average driver. I'm above average investor. I'm above average lover. All those things. I know it. Okay. And I'm an above average investor and I'm deserving of the returns above average investors are destined to receive. Get over it is my take. Get over it. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and again, we did tell you. We did. We we tell you these things over. It's it's here. Let me give you. People often ask me. Well, I saw this great years ago. I remember uh, the ads that Alan Stanford. Oh yeah, used, we used to, to run in newspapers. Go, How is he paying that and, out? And and people would call the show and they would say, "Well, Don, there's a guy advertising CDs at eight percent per month or something." Or I don't think it was that much, but it, it was, was a lot. lot. It was a lot. Yeah. And I would go, I don't know how he's doing it, but we there's something the wrong yeah. with it. And it turned out? There was something wrong. It was a Ponzi <laughs> scheme. Wrong. But the fact of the matter is we all we can't always put our finger on what's wrong, but there are ways to find out there's problems. Want a free copy of my book, Financial Physics? Well, go download it right now at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Yeah, our number is 855-935-TALK. If you want to ask a question on the show and and there's an added benefit, well, or detriment, could be a detriment. Uh, yep. There's an added benefit. You're going to save Tom from suffering oh, through the longest typed-in question ever received by Talking Real Money. I am surprised this woman doesn't have hand cramps from War typing and peace this too, thing up. Right? Okay. Yeah. All right. We, go ahead. We may be. We may have to cut this up <sighs> into into sections. She literally. She has. Well, she only has six. Okay. Quest- let's just wait. Go, let's just say something. Somebody calls. We can interrupt. This question. This question, and we'll take your call. Okay. It's six questions, but like, for example, number four is number four, A, B, C, D. I thought you were kidding when you said this. No, no, no. 700 and something words? I'm not kidding. All right? All right. We're going to start with question one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love torturing him. I'm glad I'm in a good sense of humor today. Yeah. It Mm -hmm. seems ridiculous. I'm gonna. This is her, not me. Okay, it you're seem, playing the role. I'm playing the role of her. Okay. It seems okay. ridiculous that the Federal Reserve forces the working class to run on a treadmill to nowhere and then pay taxes on any interest or dividend amount that just keeps us even with inflation. We're taxed for staying the same. Any way around this? What am I missing? Pass. Next question. The answer is, I, the, any the, way around the this? No. no. You got to pay taxes well, on that stuff. Oh, like, okay, no, no. You could go get tax-free bonds. Yes, you could lobby your Congress people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you get tax free bonds, but, no, but you'll make yeah, literally nothing. Municipal municipal yeah. bonds that are paying. And she less lives in California, so you know, <sighs> double tax freeze might not be bad. Well, no. So you're paying 
You're paying uh, federal income tax and state income tax yeah. and tax on all this stuff. And so. we all pay them tax them, them their taxes. <laughs> we just all pay them. Uh, and that's not, by the way, that's not the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve has nothing no, to do with nothing. taxes. That's Congress. Congress. Federal Reserve has I'll to do with call your money lending. Congress person. Okay. For a fund versus an ETF, if I keep oh, okay. shares in the taxable account at a discount brokerage and don't sell any shares, A, do I have to pay capital gains on the portion of the stocks that the fund or ETF sells within itself? No. There you go. Look, that was good. That's one of the advantages of owning an exchange-traded fund versus a mutual fund, where with the mutual fund, you would have to. Question two. Part A. I thought you were kidding. Section on. one. <laughs> oh, God. Subtext sub one. I don't oh, know what to call it. Come on. If yeah. so, what determines if short or long term? Not applicable. B. Number two, B. <laughs> do I have to pay ordinary? I'm going to go. Sh- I'm going to go get my lunch and I'll come back. <laughs> you okay, are the question okay? answerer. I'll, Be quiet. I'll come back. All right. B. Do I have to pay ordinary income tax at my tax bracket on dividends received by the fund or ETF? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, again, I don't know any way around it, but okay. B1. Am I taxed <laughs> the same on these dividends, whether I reinvest in the same fund or ETF versus the cash equivalent put into my account? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 2C. Well, these are kind of tax questions anyway, but two, okay. 2C. They're money. Yeah, all right. I'm 61. Expect to continue mm-hmm. working for at least five to eight years. Not happy about it. And, and hopefully ha- <laughs> we'll answer all these questions before the time you retire. So, okay. She's not happy about li- working that Living long. Living to... Oh, working that working long. Working that long. Okay. Me either. And have only about 15% of the rule of thumb amount saved in retirement accounts. So I, the 85% is in post-tax something. No, no, no. She's 15... She says 15% oh, yeah, of, in the, of the rule retirement of accounts. Oh, it either yeah. means she doesn't have enough saved no, or... No, no, no. no. I think what she's saying is she has enough saved, but only 15% of nope, what she thinks she should That's not what have. she's saying. Oh. She's saying <laughs> she we, only has 15... Wait, well, can we call her to get clarification? No. She says she only has 15% of, of, of what she needs to have saved, and oh. it's in retirement accounts. Well, that's okay. disappointing. So, so, okay. I can't afford to lose principal. Then, in this then time, I, Shh. would call you your let? Bank. I am not some caller you can abuse. <laughs> okay, go I, ahead. Let me finish the darn question. All right. And okay. I also can't afford to not take risk. <laughs> oh, come on. What might be some suggestions? Brokers apply rule of thumb percentage recommendations that I think are out to lunch and simply touted by the industry. They're not the ones losing if it goes down. No. Your response, sir. Equity index annuity. Stop it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was tongue in cheek. <laughs> that was a joke. Do not Sorry, do that because yeah. they're no, terrible. Um, here's yeah. the deal. Here's the deal. Yeah. This is the reality. Okay. We don't like the reality, but it is the reality. The reality is... If you want to make more money, you must take more risk. That is not some out-to-lunch industry recommendation. That's just reality. You make okay, less reality. You make yeah. less money when you go into safe things. It's reality. And here's another one. At, at your age and circumstance, either plan to A, you like how I'm going to use the ABC yeah. thing, yeah. A, work longer, or B, B Cut your living expenses down dramatically now and save more, or C, 
Oh, there's a C. Invest more because she uses like A, B, C, D, E, whatever it is. We're not anywhere near done. We're not even a third of the way through. (laughs) Invest more aggressively. Right. There you go. And that's just make a bet on like an asset class that might hit a home run, like a U.S. small cap value or something. That's the reality. Number four. No other trick. Number four. All in caps. (laughs) Big one. Oh, okay. So you need to pay attention to this one. This is the big one. (laughs) This is the biggest one of the bunch. And then there's still five and six. But number four Mm. has wait. Number four has A, B, C, D. And then uh, sub uh, categories under that. Okay, big one. List of priorities, criteria to strategize which types of ETF funds. And yes, sorry, individual stocks should be selected for each Roth versus traditional IRA and a taxable account. Seems like, tell me if I'm wrong, best guesses for Roth. Whatever I expect will increase overall value the most. uh, I don't know what that means. Only buy the stocks that go up. That's always my recommendation, by the way. Don't you think that makes sense, Don? Why would you own the other ones? Just buy the ones that go up. Okay, so she wants to know what types of ETFs and funds should be in a Roth. You see, here's the thing. Okay, all right. I was being silly. Yes, you want to own the more risky, more aggressive portfolio in the Roth because that grows tax-free. Best guess is for traditional IRA versus the Roth. Well, then that's where you're going to have your fixed income, your less risky things, because that grows tax deferred. What about dividend stocks? That's number you know, we number don't recommend B-I. just going out and trying to buy dividend stocks. No, we, we don't. About Bad this idea. On the program. Okay, so, how about no. her taxable account? Any amount after four to six months of well, emergency. Again, savings. I would make that more aggressive. I'd have that very stock heavy. Uh, C subcategory <laughs> I. A fund or ETF that doesn't generate taxable activities. Well, there's no such any thing. Any of the well, yeah, but okay. If you own VT, mm-hmm. no, but you said any. Be, there's not going to be very not be much. Very much. No. Tips. When you sell it, sure, but not now. Tips. Can the principal go down? Yeah, sure it can. International flatter growth curve. Not a, I'll go with the growth curve. <laughs> <laughs> international? Yes. It, you should yes. have international in the portfolio. Yeah, I, it's I, a similar I, growth curve. It just it just offsets. And then other? I must be missing something. Yes, you are missing something. Co- create a basic plan. Figure out how much money you're going to need. Save more. Invest. And perhaps work longer. How's that? I'm not even going to have time for five or six. 855-935-TALK. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y dot com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. And let me use the first 66.5% of that question as a uh, as an example of why we offer everybody out there free time with one of our advisors. And I do mean free time to actually sit down and look through these things and try to get a plan formulated that is going to meet your needs or at least come closer to meeting your needs than it might otherwise uh, do. So if you want to meet with one of our advisors, it's so easy to do. Just go to Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com, or call 800-386-3004 to set up an appointment. Vestory.com. We hope you realize that the information... 
Real money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.